All right, class, if you would please open your player's handbooks and turn to... Matt Keel, are you listening to music in class? No, Josh Reistead. I'm listening to our podcast, Detention to Dragons, a show about running Dungeons and Dragons at school with students. Ah, an amazing yet family-friendly podcast that is now part of the Block Party Podcast Network? Seems pretty niche, right? Well, Josh, non-teacher listeners might learn some educator jargon like Marzano or learning targets, but as professional teachers, the goal of our podcast is to make D&D accessible, understandable, and fun for teacher DMs, new players, and new DMs. And there are some topics in there that seasoned players would like as well, such as wacky homebrewed items and holiday-themed plot hooks. Is it funny? If you consider dad jokes, ponies with training unicorn horns, and homebrewed potions that turn you into Stefan or Kel from Family Matters as jokes, then yes. Oh, and voices, Matt. Are there character voices? Josh, you know you do the voices. Well, man, I totally do. We got, like, so many characters here. We got we got everything from, like, goblins to orcs to old smelly That sounds elves, great, man. Josh. That sounds great. Anyway, join us every Monday for a brand new lesson. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you download podcasts. Now, Josh, can we end this promo and go play some Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, Matt. Class is dismissed. Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of everyone else at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joe Mariak. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. So today we have another in our Divine Spotlight series, and you, the Patreon supporters, voted, and today we are going to talk about Lathander with Jim Davis, who is from the WebDM YouTube channel. And speaking of the discussion, if you are a Patreon dragon, gold or up, you can head over right now and download a homebrew deity, which is Red Nuttle, that is Lathander spelled backwards, which is the god of ends. Lathander is the god of beginnings. Rednatol is the god of ends. This was inspired from part of our discussion on Lathander that we hope that you are excited about. So head on over if you're Patreon Dragon for that right now. And if you're a Patreon Dragon of Silver or up, you can head on over and help vote on the next Divine Spotlight. And we decided to mix it up a little bit and take more of a generalized approach where you can go choose between the sun god, the storm god, or the trickster god. We thought about doing it this way so that we could take more approaches of different deities and how to add more of a general concept to your homebrew world. But before we jump into the meat, Neil, we have some five-star reviews to give shout-outs to. Yes. And the first one comes from the UK, and it is from Codian, entitled One of the Best Podcasts Ever, Five Stars. I only picked this podcast up a couple days ago, and the quality is amazing. It's so good to hear passionate people talking about the game I and they love. I have gotten so many great ideas from this. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to more episodes. Thank you so much, Cody. And we're going to keep giving you more episodes. So keep listening. Yes. And our next review comes all the way from Germany. And it is our first German review. Yes. And it comes from Jezebelks and is entitled not only a good resource, but also very entertaining. Five stars. I just got started with a few episodes, but I love it already. You have a broad range of interesting topics and great interview partners. Keep up the good work and thanks for inspiring and helping a new DM. Smiley face. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. Sending a smiley face right back to you. Yep. Well, thanks for those reviews. Neil, now that we're done reviews, what time is it? It's time for the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The flat meat back on the menu, boys. Today. On the meet, we are going to be talking with Jim Davis, co-host of the Web DM YouTube channel and DM and player on many things in Counter Roleplay. Jim, welcome. 
Hey, hey, how's it going? Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Glad to be here as well. <laughs> yes, we're glad to have you here. The nature of your show is just so on point with our show as well. So we're excited to have you here oh, yeah. uh, and to talk about Lathander today. But before we talk about Lathander, of course, we've got our interview segment. And as always, we're going to ask that open-ended question of, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So uh, I am a uh, role-playing enthusiast, lifelong, you know, one of those like started when I was like 10 or 11, realized that my, you know, if I was going to be able to engage in this hobby, I was going to have to be the one to learn the rules and run it and get the people together. And so I just, I cut my teeth <laughs> playing like West End Star Wars. Uh, my parents were like, no D and D, uh, you know, they sort of <laughs> like, were, you know, heard of the satanic panic in the eighties, but, yep. but themselves were like, eh, you know, just like, eh, probably not, uh, here have this realms of chaos Warhammer book though <laughs> with its, <laughs> oh no, seriously. Uh, and so they were, yeah, D and D was, uh, verboten but warhammer was just fine so that's what i cut my teeth on and i didn't actually start playing dnd till i was like almost out of high school and like worked at this movie theater with a bunch of people including jonathan pruitt uh, my co-host at webdm and he was actually the person to invite me to my first dnd game which incidentally my first character was a cleric of lathander so boom hey, that's uh, fantastic. <laughs> we did not know this before right right right, right this is a wonderful start <laughs> i saw so it like i joined this DD group and like we we got done with this campaign and i was like oh I'll, I'll run for you guys you know up until then i'd only run for my my friends and my and my brother and so it was sort of like my first <laughs> kind of playing for co-worker or running for co-workers and really liked it and, and after that i just i stuck with it and uh it's been gosh I've probably had at least a game a week, you know, for most of my life. It's just been something I did that it was like a, a reason to get together with friends and hang out. Mm. And sometimes it's about the story and what kind of cool stuff you can come up with. And other times it's about the tactical combat and, you know, the minis. And, and it's more like a war game. You know, lots of different ways to play it and approach it. And I try to bring that attitude to uh, the YouTube channel, which we sort of, for me, kind of like was falling backwards into this thing i'd always been friends with uh with travis our sort of silent partner cameraman producer editor and he'd always been into movies tv production he, he started a couple of businesses where they're just like filming commercials and things we were at a party and um him and, and pruitt who's been at my games for i don't know 20 something years were like listen hear us out we're going to sit us in front of a camera and just start talking about D and D and Travis <laughs> is going to put it together. He's like, don't even worry about what you're going to say, what you're going to talk about. Let's just have a conversation about it. And then inside that conversation will be a show to put together. And I guess what we I wasn't expecting personally was how much just that would resonate with other people. And that was the part where I was like, holy crap. Like I, you know, we look up and it's like, okay, we'd hit 10,000 subscribers. And was like, that's a big deal. Uh, and then looked up again, it was like 50, 60, starts climbing. And I was like, is, I, and I just was, for me, I was floored because I just see myself as this guy who's run D and D and other RPGs for, as a hobby, because it's fun and I enjoy it. And it was a way to connect with my friends and oh, lo and behold, there's actually this big well of knowledge that I've acquired because I wanted to run the best game possible. And I wanted to make sure that I was listening to everything my friends were telling me so that I didn't miss anything from them. And that I was like, I want you to be certain that when you have a seat at my table, like you're welcome here. I'm not begrudgingly running this game for you, but like, Oh my God, guys, can you believe what we came up with this week? And so I just like scoured the internet, uh, for advice and, you know, tips and tricks and everything. And, yeah, like I said, it, it, I guess it turned out to be to have some use after all. <laughs> That's so cool. We have very similar, like a very similar origin story. Mm. The only part of your origin story, which is better, is that you had a guy named Travis yes. who immediately was like, I'm going to be the behind the scenes guy. Yeah, yeah. Whereas myself, Chris, now Neil, we are both behind the scenes and in front of the mics. We need a Travis. We're calling all Travises. Yeah, everybody needs a Travis. Everybody <laughs> needs a DMs tech blog. guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, no doubt. <laughs> awesome. Well, speaking, uh, I mean, we've already got into it a little bit, but for those that 
don't know, can you tell us more about WebDM and also definitely tell us about what you're doing over at Encounter Roleplay? Yeah, yeah. So WebDM is our YouTube channel and, you know, sort of within the WebDM team, there's there's four of us, myself, Jonathan Pruitt, uh, Travis Bowles, who is our producer and editor, and then Emma Lambert, uh, my spouse, who she is part of our creative team and our communications director. So if you interact with WebDM online through Twitter, which is where we're really active, or Facebook, chances are you're talking to Emma. That's sort of like the WebDM team. And we wanted our show on YouTube to be, number one, an entertaining video to watch. And then the other thing was that we wanted it to be inspirational and entertaining, like the content of it. So we didn't necessarily want to get really in the weeds and like rules minutia or like white room theory crafting or all that kind of stuff that you might see on say reddit or another internet forum where people are talking about D. we're here to talk about like what is it that's going to bring your character to life off the character sheet like what is it about being a dm that you can like breathe life into your worlds and npcs and really engage the players and we found that like that approach was really effective because most of the questions we get are things like, how do I get my players more engaged? Like I see all these people role playing and having these like really cool moments, say on something like critical role and like, how do I do that? <laughs> it's been great for me because I get to go like, well, I, I don't know, let, I, let me see. And I get to try out a whole bunch of stuff and see what works. And then like report back to uh, our subscribers like, oh, I tried this. This is, this is effective for me, but it might not be for you. Here's what I learned. And that just kind of has evolved over the years into this format where we, Pruitt and I try to inspire one another. We try to um, bring out these ideas that are that are within RPGs and, and this sort of emergent storytelling that goes on at the table. And like, how do you like really kick that up and, and know when those moments are happening and like bring them to the fore. And then also how do you do the more technical parts of running a game you know, sometimes we get into those kind of shows, but I think people are there for the inspiration and just sort of the, yeah. the talk. So that's our main YouTube channel. We also have a Twitch channel where we play our D&D games. Last year, we just decided, like, listen, with everybody out there streaming and Twitch being as big as it is, like, we just want to have our shingle out there. Like, if you're interested in us, if you, if you, you know, are curious about, <laughs> you know, sort of like seeing us put our money where our mouth is, here's the chance to kind of see that. Let's see, our Twitch channels, uh, we have one on Tuesdays, which is kind of like uh, Pruitt's the DM. It's kind of like Star Wars bound, uh, Spelljammer inspired uh, kind of setting D&D in space, but it's a homebrew world. Uh, and then on Thursdays, I run mine, Land Between Two Rivers, and it is, I describe it as the triangulation between He-Man, Mad Max, and um, Dark Sun. And then on Encounter Roleplay... I've run a couple of games of Warhammer. Okay, so I'll, I, I, have a, I have a good story. So we, <laughs> we're we playing Warhammer, right? And this is like, they wanted a, you know, I talked to the group ahead of time. They want a witch hunter experience. Classic Warhammer using second edition Warhammer. They're chasing some witches through the woods. And someone donates, the, the theme for the month is actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Of course. And so someone donates the money to, to introduce actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. If you know anything about Warhammer, this they are pursuing uh, Talite uh, priests who are kind of blurring the lines between approved and unapproved uh, religious practice in the Empire. And I was just like, all right, one of these Talite priests is naked, has a knife, and just comes like running out of the woods at you guys and proceeds <laughs> to murk two of the PCs who have to spend fate points to avoid a permanent death from this oh, one line. And it was just like, it was like one round at like... Um, good thing you guys had fate points to avoid. Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf would actual be cannibal, yeah, proud. <laughs> yes, very much. It, and it, it, everybody was like completely scared. So fun times. Anyway, <laughs> so listeners, check out everything yeah. with Jim and Pruitt. Even though Pruitt isn't here, check out everything with Jim and Pruitt yep. on WebDM. Check out um, everything Jim DMs and plays in. You got to go find those games where he was sweating bullets because of these awesome donations but uh check those out jim before we end our interview part we of course have a surprise question for you Ooh, okay. uh, this one comes from one of our patreon dragons g and g asks what is your favorite dungeons and dragons world slash campaign setting from all editions oh, God. you had to pick one all right so my favorite across oh god i have to pick one 
if you had to pick one. You cannot play okay. any other setting for the okay. rest of for your rest life of except life. for this one. It's your desert uh, island. Okay, well, so, all right. So if it's that one, then it's going to be Planescape because Planescape Planescape. has all the other settings as part of it. But I think that's cheating. Uh, (laughs) In my heart of hearts, it's Greyhawk. Because to me, Greyhawk is the setting that grew out of the play experiences of Gygax and Arneson and all their groups and everything. And you can see its stamp on every edition of D&D. You see it in the spell names, the magic items, the lore for the monsters. Uh, you know, I know that Forgotten Realms has eclipsed it uh, in, in terms of popularity and, and importance within the D&D pantheon, but like, there's something about Greyhawk that, I mean, I, I'm a historian. That's my sort of, that's my trajectory before I decided to be an internet personality. Uh, it was like history. And so like, Greyhawk has a system of history and of historical forces moving through it that I really like. And it's just... There's something about reading the exploits of the players who played like Tensor and Robillard and Rary and and of course all of Gygax's characters that he that he got to play uh, there, uh, Iglewilv and and you know Ewes and all of the stuff. It just uh, it oozes a certain type of atmosphere that I really like and cut gets to the heart of Dungeons and Dragons. So it's like I love Spelljammer, I love Dark Sun. I love all those. I would not want to play in them for the rest of my life. I could find something to love in Greyhawk for the rest of my life. If that was the only my one I could play in. goodness. What an answer. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> also, my immediate like, beautiful answer. I'm going to ruin it with humor. Here we go. So my other thought was like, yeah, I'm not going to listen. I'm just going to blow everything up and make it whatever I want. Oh, we're still in the same setting. Sure. <laughs> Well, hey, thanks, Jim, for that answer, and thanks, G, for that question. Let's jump into the actual topic now. Let's start talking about what we came here to talk about today. The god Lathander, who, unbeknownst to us, was the first character. Yes, that's what you said, Jim? Yeah, my first first D&D character I ever played was... uh, I took over another person's character, even. They had to drop out of the campaign. Oh, man. (laughs) And so I didn't even start from level one. I took over, like, a level 12 specialty priests so if you're familiar with second editions this was the this was the morning lord specialty priest from faiths and avatars so it wasn't even the dmg cleric or the player's handbook cleric from second edition yeah fun times so jim why don't you start us off lathander the morning lord who what is this god give us a little bit of a description of who lathander is so he's the Faerunian god of, of the dawn, which I find is a, is a unique distinction, not necessarily of the sun, but of the dawn. So it's like beginnings, mm-hmm. renewal, birth. The themes that Lathander encompasses are really cool because it's like creativity, dawn, renewal, birth, athletics, which is cool. Uh, spring, self-perfection. So you can kind of see like where monk, by those sun soul monks uh, would become, uh, you know, Lathanderites. Uh, vitality and youth. And, and like... You, I liked him because he's this kind of, you can imagine a God in which everyone pays lip service to at the beginning of the day, you know, like Faerun's a place that's sort of medieval-esque and, and, you know, agricultural based society. So it's a lot of farmers who are like, all right, just let the crops not have blighted the today, Lathander, or like (laughs) bless me today as, you know, like my horse doesn't throw another shoe and I'm out trying to plow the back 40, something like that. Just an everyday kind of rural peasant God. But then it's also this God of like ventures and new endeavors and companies. And so you can imagine these merchants and, and, and sort of like bankers in Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate and Luskin, like offering up their prayers at the local Lathanderite cathedral because they're about to start a new company somewhere. They're going to, you know, go and establish a new trade route to Mazteca or, or down to Chult or something like that. Then it encompasses such a broad range of worshipers that you have a really, like, what else are you going to do with a, with a Talite? Right. They're, they're, you know, <laughs> they're, they're kind of like, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> narrow focus, but a Lathanderite is, there's a lot of different range that you can draw from. So that's sort of a nutshell is how I see them uh, as a god. In, uh, yeah, in we as humans, we have this sense, uh, maybe based in a little bit of superstition, but that, you know, that idea of, oh, the day started off wrong and then it was just a spiral mm-hmm. downhill from Woke there. You know, I, I got out of bed on the wrong yeah, side that's what I was and then, yeah, the rest of the day was garbage. And so like this, I, I love this idea of, a god of the beginning, a god of the dawn, a god of the start, 
at first glance, it might look like, is that mm-hmm. it? Like, but then when you think about it, it really, there's power behind that. And without a good start, <laughs> what is going to come afterwards? Yeah. Uh, and having this, you know, praying at the beginning of the day, like you said, at the start of a journey, I think there's a lot of cool ideas. And really, you can have Lathander be a big part of the start of a lot, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. things, whether it's journeys, day, students uh, starting a new class in your world, oh, yeah. whatever it is. Lathander can be a big part of any beginning of a journey. It can be. And it's that background color that you can add into your campaign and your sort of descriptions of everyday life or like travel or something. So, you know, you're making that trip from Podunkville, Faroon to the big city. And, you know, you're passing by, you know, peasants who are having clerics of Shantea and Lathander bless their fields, you know, at the beginning of a new uh, dawn. Or it's like coming up on the spring equinox, and that's a big religious festival for Lathander. And so maybe you see them, you know, they're decorating trees with ribbons of gold and yellow and violet and the like, or, or something like that. And just little things, like if you... Obviously, if you gotta have the time to like dig deep, but like once you do, you can add that little color and like, yeah, you're you're. I guess your 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 players, you know, your characters would know that uh, they're about to celebrate this village. If you stay for another few days, you'd probably have a really great time at the festival, you know, that kind of thing. I think one of the my favorite things is that at first glance we would almost think he'd be lawful good, but mm. he since first edition he's always been neutral good, mm. and it, it's his really interesting approach when you also start to look at one a greater deity, but I also like that kind of in the lore the rest of the deities are like calm down, um, <laughs> like because he really just he wants to do good for good's sake mm-hmm. and like very altruistic in these things and, and it like basically like when we're studying up on it. The other deities are like, yeah, you can't do that. You can't step into the lives of mortals this way. You are a greater deity. Like, this is not the scale at which you operate. Mm-hmm. And Lathander's just like, well, no, I think we should. It, it's good. So we should. Well, and, and has, right? Like, how many like how many times has his avatar come down and, mm-hmm. like, messed with a lich or, you know, like, just gotten involved in a fight? Like, <laughs> stay which, in your lane, is, Lathander. <laughs> yeah, which is also, like, makes it just rife for having you know this deity on that level come interact with your players because I, in a way he can't help himself mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. just how yeah. he sees his role in Faerun or you in or in your homebrew world like he he's like I I got to go help here I go <laughs> yeah I got to go I got to go I think you can take that idea and sort of like flip it on its ear as well because it's like if Ao or, or one of the other greater gods, a Helm has a rivalry sort of with Lathander, mm-hmm. right? So like you you take you take that and they've got Lathander's has his hands tied and now but maybe the the tension in the campaign is that the Lathanderite priests and paladins and all these other sort of like lay members of the the following have like received these visions from Lathander who can no longer like directly intervene and now has to rely on a mass of his popular following to start like new crusades and maybe it's like a rash of goody goody two-shoes busybodies <laughs> just like not taking the time to like think things through and, and, and in their enthusiasm create problems um, and so it, like presents an interesting way to have a tension in a campaign where it's like they're neutral good we can't just murder them all well i mean like, you know, maybe you can but like yeah you know, you know maybe that's just kind of game you're running. players you know they will do. i'm prepping to run an epic level evil game so my head's in a different space yeah but you, you and, can but you probably should right i feel like i've said this on every divine spotlight episode that i've ever been a part of but to me a god with flaws is far more compelling than a god without flaws when you're telling a story yeah and so like i love like everything we're talking about and i love the fact that lathander is like pictured as this youthful young man and these flaws kind of stemming flaws and and positive Mm -hmm. elements Mm -hmm. that are very very youthful Mm -hmm. you have him wanting to always jump in without maybe sometimes even thinking becoming very involved there's certain descriptions that says that he like some youth can be kind of vain at times in what he adorns himself with and i kind of love that element and i think that adds to a lot of good role-playing opportunities if you have a player who wants to play as Lathander mm-hmm. and throwing that out to them. If you have NPCs that follow Lathander, I think that youthful element 
is awesome. One of my favorite things talking kind of about this is that we get this look at Lathander that says that he is eternally optimistic, which I like to think of like even in the darkest of times where like if you picture like all these gods having like a council meeting <sighs> Uh, and they're just like, guys, like this is this is terrible. Like Ragnarok is coming, something like something like that. You have Lathander pounding the table, and it's like, no, it's not. Like we're fine. We need to just <laughs> boister ourselves, and we will be good. And like, I was I was doing some deep dives, and I found a couple favorite sayings of Lathander, which I think are, are beautiful to this. It says favorite sayings. I've got three of them here. From death life, so very simple, but something profound there. Right. Uh, there is always another morning, uh, and in the dawn, beauty reigns, and the way is clear. So even like in the darkest of terrible circumstances, mm-hmm. like a, a Lathander priest or cleric is going to be like, all right, it's, it's like that calm before the storm. Like, yes, we're in a terrible spot right now but a new dawn is coming and it will be brighter than we've ever seen. Yeah. You could take like uh, you know, imagine worst case scenario for one of these fantasy worlds where the sun is blotted out and all the under dark, you know, people's come to the surface and it's just like a terrible, like, like midnight was a setting like that in third edition where it's like the evil God is one and all the good gods been kicked out. Like you can still imagine like even in those moments that a Lathanderite or something like a Lathanderite is, is there to like just kindle a flame just one more day is all it takes because there's sort of like a flip side to that. Like it, sometimes people just like, I'd make it through one more day. Like, and that, and that might be the more, whereas Lathander wants to see, wants everyone to see him as this useful, exuberant sort of like bright person. Maybe it's because like Lathander has to hear the prayers of all these people who are just like, I just can't even make it one more, like just one more day. And so that I don't know, I, you know, maybe I, I love reading into things way too much. So that's just me, but like yeah. you could sort of like play with those kinds of things, right? Where there's ex- enthusiasm and exuberance, there's often rashness where there's like, you know, money, there's often corruption. So like if Lathander's like the God of yeah. ventures and, and new deals and companies and things like that, then, then you might have the, you're leaving the door open for a villain to come in and exploit, uh, say, a, a too a spendthrift priest, you know, or someone who just got too exuberant with the, with taking a little bit off the top or something, or, you know, gangs of of Lathanderite uh, acolytes who are whose enthusiasm is misdirected or being manipulated. Like those are the fun I'm- things you can do with that. I love that you can kind of take all these different sayings and ideas from our world and. Lathanderize them right like like after the coldest most terrible winter there's always going to be a spring Mm -hmm. if one door closes another door is going to open and Lathander is opening that door Mm -hmm. you might be in the darkest tunnel of your life right now but there is a light at the end of that tunnel and that tunnel is Lathander calling you out to a new dawn Mm -hmm. like you can really just take all these ideas of renewal and a new beginning and just put a little Lathander twist to them. And I think that's a beautiful way for NPCs and priests and clerics that you're, you may role play when your PCs come to a temple, a church of Lathander, that they're going to speak about. Even if that country is in a terrible place, there's this shining, bright, optimistic church that some might look at and be like, what a bunch of fools. <laughs> and some might look at and be like, this is the hope that we need. So we've talked about it some, and I think it's a great point to transition into the followers of Lathander. But before we do that, both of you sparked in me, and mainly because we're like four days removed from St. Patrick's Day, which means I watched <laughs> Boondock Saints. But I think a saying that came to mind that I think would be perfect from, a, a, like, you know, in someone following Lathander, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, so, you know, because like that's the one of the core tenets is like, no, you you need to you need to do something. Like when evil is happening in this world, you need to help stop that. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, as a level 12 priest of Lathander, Jim, <laughs> what what ideas do you have us as someone like a follower of Lathander would do? 
so I think like you know I look at the neutral good I like the alignments in Dungeons and Dragons I, I I know that there are a lot of people who who don't who don't and I many of my games I don't use them but for Forgotten Realms I'm going to use them and so I think like neutral good and this is a person that places like the well-being of others as this as, as supremacy right like hierarchies and authorities might be useful to some degree sometimes they're not but but chaos and, and disorder and sort of more loose uh, you know organizations have their own problems this is someone who like i see maybe as a pragmatist but also is someone who was is going to lead by example they take that enthusiasm that lathander has lathander's not the wise council at the back that's directing others lathander's in the front the first, the dawn, and and I played my cleric that way. I actually got in an argument with uh, one of the other players over some gauntlets of ogre power because I was like, my thirteen strength <laughs> cleric benefits more from them than your eighteen seventy six strength fighter. Like mm. I would, and we could both be in the front line with my plate armor and eighteen double zero gauntlets of ogre power, you know, magic mace, and that's how I kind of played him uh, at the time. Was like someone who was had a zeal for the the qualities of goodness and i think a lot of times it's easy to take you know sort of inspiration from our own real world religions as sort of like crusades and zeal and 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 sort of like that fervent religious desire and and also bring with it you know the parts of it that you don't necessarily want or they don't fit because i don't see lathander as being incredibly intolerant he's intolerant of undead evil and inaction like yep. most everything else is like yeah is it hurting somebody no then then that's okay, you know. Did you forget that we have evil and undead right over here? Yeah, right. There's legitimate <laughs> evil, right? Like there's a plane that they exist on that we can detect spells with right here. You know, there they are. <laughs> We're going to go fight them because <laughs> they need to be fought. And so I see a, maybe a person who's true evil. They are quick to action, quick to the front. But if it's not, if it's one of those things where it's like, well, maybe we should talk to these, this group of, say, goblins over here. Like, is this, is this a, is this a thing where, like, where their gods are riling them up to do something wicked? Or are they just being goblins and, and, you know, we could find more peaceful solution. So I could see if you wanted a, a priest that had, you didn't want to be one dimensional. You wanted someone that could be well-rounded and present a variety of ways to play the character. Sometimes they are you know hammer and shield in hand fight the undead and other times they're a diplomat lathander really fits that and i see like but whatever it is they are doing something positive and proactive in their communities they're not waiting they are engaged and and you know seeking out problems to solve when you have a church of lathander established in a community especially long term a lot of social programs if you want to look at it that way would probably be set up by them like you know um you know places for the downtrodden the homeless that they can go and get you know and essentially be lifted up as you know obviously they're going to open the doors at dawn and you know very thematic in some ways because you you, you want to lean into that for your games but you know i think it would be a really cool way to introduce them through interaction of some kind of social program that they are doing in a town yeah this is where it's oftentimes interesting to look at 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 history because i go to say pre-christian religions for this and i know that the analog for forgotten realms is supposed to be like it's 14 whatever dr that's like you know the you know the middle of the hundred years war or something in europe but i kind of like to go ce or bce with it and like maybe it's more mesopotamia where each city has its own uh, God and, and priestly caste that are also civil servants and, and have municipal functions. And, and there's sort of like a scattering of them across this region, but there's also a lot of inhospitable terrain around. And, and so each city maybe needs to be a bit more self-sufficient than, they, than they'd like. I kind of see Forgotten Realms in similar situation. And yeah, why wouldn't the Lathanderites, they've got the resources to perform all these municipal functions. They probably are just seen as the city functionaries even and they're also priests but uh i use pre-christian religions because they don't make that distinction between civil and religious the way after christianity becomes a more dominant religion that they do there so that's why I, that's where i go for inspiration i want to dive into this a little mm -hmm. bit deeper because one of the things that i've been kind of thinking about is moving away from like the worshiper as an individual to like the church and the church structure even the like the look of the church buildings and the uh, church slash temple yeah. uh, one of the things that we read is that lathander really urges his followers to go out and start new 
temples and churches in all different areas. Uh, it even like, we even get this description that sometimes they, he does so even to the point where it's like, Oh, you really shouldn't be building there. <laughs> like you're kind of, you might start some kind of war. Right. Like, this is not a good, but he does because he's all about, no, 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 this is good. This is good. So kind of drawing from that part of history that you're talking to, what, what is your vision? If you were to come up with like, this vision of like, what is it? What is a church of Lathander look like? What does a temple look like? or even the structure for me, I, I was going very much in my mind, like Catholic churches, like very stained glass, everything. But it sounds like your church would have a very different look. So what, what, what do you think it would look like? I think it would look more like a civic center than, than like a cathedral. Personally, I see it as open and airy imagining like a, a columned portico or something like an open space that's covered, but that people can set up temporary stalls there. And like maybe some days of the week, it's an artist collective and maybe other days a week, it's more like a flea market and it's a space for the public to use as they need. And, you know, it serves that function. I think what I would keep from the cathedral though, is the stained glass. And I might just have freestanding stained glass that sort of like faces say the East and it's not necessarily like enclosed in a building. You know, part of the cathedral in, in our own history is that you're supposed to enter and you're a, you're a dirt farmer, grub-eating peasant who can't read anything. And you're overawed by the magnificence of this interior space that's made of stone and intricate work. And, and sort of like you appreciate the magnificence of God because God's house is magnificent. So like I would take that idea and keep it with, and, and translate it to Lathander, but go like, why not have like a freestanding stone arch with like a beautiful like rose and violet and gold and yellow stained glass that the sun comes in and sort of like bathes this natural amphitheater in light where they hold their dawn ceremonies. And then after that, the, the open space beyond is, uh, you know, for civic use uh, of some kind or they perform, you know, every Wednesday they do weddings, that kind of thing. So it'd be a place that people can come and go. They do. They, they can sign contracts there. There's probably scribes and uh, money changers and other sorts of secondary services either nearby, if not directly supported by the church itself. That's how I would do it, especially if it's like, yeah, this is a new thing. It's a new village. You know, people are trying to repopulate some of the villages that were destroyed in the Dragon War, you know, from when Tiamat tried to come through. And, and uh, you know, this village is being rebuilt they've got this new temple and it's sort of like a one-stop shop for a lot of those things that's how i that's where it yeah that also really lends itself to another like description that we read of the religion of lathander is that it's very popular and so if you have these temples and these buildings popping up and they're really very commune mm. community based and like holding these different events and opening themselves up to people of all ways of life like that's going to definitely uh, be a good reason that they're gaining popularity in all different regions throughout the world one of the things that i think that i like as an idea of like the church too and you kind of talked about how it would be facing the east and that's something that is written into the actual lore around lathander is that it the doors to enter face the east so that you're always entering with that idea of beginnings i think the placement of the entrance and the exit have to be very important yeah. to a temple to a church and also i cannot imagine walking into a temple of the thander and walking in and like just walking into this building and nobody's at the door i would imagine like the entrance is a very important oh, yeah. to the priests of Lathander. like they are going to be greeting you maybe they have some uh, lays of flowers yeah. that they place on you with the colors of Lathander. some get some gold some red flowers maybe there's a basin which you wash your hands a cleansing ritual as you walk in but there's got to be something i think at the entrance gates that leads to a, like you're walking into this beautiful temple of the Thander, even if it's coming for a, a fair that's being held in here, the entrance is going to be very important. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. You can even see them like sending groups of acolytes out into the community to be like, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, like, yeah, I don't know if you guys have forgotten or anything or like ringing bells, uh, you know, proceeding with like relics or other artifacts as a way to like, proactively gather people 
uh, for their yep. uh, services. I grew up in, in a Southern Baptist church as a kid. So there's a lot of <laughs> this sort of like they, somebody's driving around on a country back road in a van getting everybody who can't get a ride to church to church. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like that. Maybe a Lathanderite yeah. is uh, traveling around with a wagon. And the people that just have difficulty walking or whatever, you just hop in the back of the wagon and they'll take you there. And I think like, you know, what do you do with that? Well, that's a wagon that could be attacked. That could be, uh, you know, the, <laughs> um, that could be uh, missing, you know, just not where yeah. it's supposed to be. Uh, it's a source of like low level adventure or, or a complication and a mid-level one that, that you could use. Yeah, which is perfect because that's kind of the next part we want to step into is both adventure hooks and well done, Jim. It's like you've done this before. Uh, and I think it, you know, one that had just come to my mind was you know, your players interacting with Lethandrites that are extremely capable in a situation. You know, this is a group that has been sent specifically to hunt undead, and maybe your players come upon them and they're already in action and they assist them. And the other way is that they are Lethandrites that are not. They're not capable of going and doing and being safe. And mm-hmm. the Lethander, you know, the Lethandrites are employing your players to be that level of protection because they need to go they haven't heard from someone in weeks and you know and it's upon them to you know and maybe it's one maybe it's a whole group but they need to go like they need to go figure out what's wrong we haven't heard from these people or this person and but we will die if we go so please come with us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's like it to me this is the point where i, I as a gm i'm switching I'm making the switch and putting a lot of the the responsibility of an adventure hook on the players and back on them and going like, listen, we all showed up here to have a game. Like, I'm going to do my best to come up with something interesting for you guys to engage with, but like, give me some info for that. So this would be like, a Lathanderite is perfect for that player who's like, yeah, I know I'm a paladin of, of Lathander. I am going out to get the undead. And you can then present like, you know, maybe uh, you know a vampire or something uh, in your family has, or not in your family, but like has been stalking your family, and you're here to, to revenge them, or uh, maybe you don't want to go on. Certainly, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, or actual vampire. Actual vampire. <laughs> uh, or maybe it's something less like menacing, and it's more like I, I, you know, I'm I became a paladin of Lathander because like. You know, to lay some uh, uh, ghosts of deceased family members to rest. Like I took up that oath in order to benefit them, and now that I've, maybe that's like just finished as the game begins, and you've had that kind of you know moment with your character, a little bit of backstory, or maybe that's like a session zero kind of thing that you play out uh, a little bit. But now you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? I took up this oath for something personal. Now that that personal oath's already fulfilled, I have to be others focused. So if you've maybe if you've got one of those players who like uh, you know has trouble engaging with the game, like presenting something like a Lathanderite is a good way to get them to think differently. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is a person who wants to go out in the world and do something good, and maybe this will be a good framework for helping those kind of players who have trouble getting engaged. I know it's not quite what we were talking about, but my brain went on a weird oh, thing, yeah. and I wanted to get it out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all super awesome, super good ideas. I think like for adventure hooks. If you have this amazing party that they're all going to worship Lathander, I think that's super easy that you can give them like the task of, okay, well, guess what? Your church says, go out and you're going to make and start new churches in regions of the world that have not heard the glorious word of Lathander. That's probably not going to be most groups, right? But if you have like a PC who worships Lathander, you can take that to a smaller scale and rather than making it complete in total churches or temples, uh, just uh, we need you to erect an altar to Lathander in whatever city you visit that they don't have altars to Lathander. An altar being a much smaller version. But I think that would be a cool thing to throw out from the Church of Lathander to a worshiper to a priest, to a cleric, to a paladin of Lathander, that this is their task. And maybe it is their main goal to, at some point in that campaign, like start a whole entire temple. But of course you don't want like to be traveling with entire adventuring party and Lathander paladin is like, we need to stay here <laughs> for at least a year because I need to start this temple. It might even, I can even imagine like some of the players be like, let's help them build this stinking altar. So yeah. yeah. That, that would be, a, that would be a moment where I go, okay, so we're all doing this. All right. Yeah. Five months pass. Yeah. 
what happens and we'll get on with the exactly. like we're, yeah. you know explain to me what occurs this yeah, is the, that's the kind of stuff that can happen during like downtime things like that and, mm-hmm. and when you're at the game table you're here to like adventure yeah uh, it's a great yeah, uh, that's a that. great transition point too sometimes when you get through what is a campaign but maybe that's not the end of the story that you want to tell but i mean there are people that want to play different classes i mean don't get me wrong i've murdered a player because he asked for it I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah sure yeah uh, they asked for he, player? Very, hold on okay uh <laughs> player character. murder come on and he <laughs> specifically asked that he, his character would die so that he they could play something else. It's but, character, okay. Yes. Uh, uh, thanks for editing. I murdered a player. <laughs> I because they asked for I, Yeah, oh. I, I didn't see things. My bro- I played with my brother long enough to know the look in his eyes when he wants a character to die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, give, right but giving all your players that option, because now it's a year. I mean, who knows who could have been drawn in or just stopped through or you know, felt this call because this temple is being built and maybe even mm-hmm. the person who's playing the priest of Lathander doesn't want to go anymore because they feel compelled to be there. This is their church. And now, yeah. and now you've created a continual source of adventure hooks and an NPC that people yep. are really attached to because they used to adventure with them. Um, so yeah, definitely a cool way to twist um, them wanting to build an entire temple. I, I almost feel like it's very, it's very appropriate more than for many other characters for a priest of Lathander to drop the ball in the adventure and stay yes. because a church was built because they would see it as like An endeavor. That needs yeah. To be. I, I realized we were on this quest, but this is a new beginning for me and a new path. And I am here to stay. Uh, so I suppose you'll have to find somebody else to go on this quest. With yeah. You. you should have brought, you should have brought a cleric of endings if you wanted to take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about conclusions. <laughs> right, I'm about right. just starts. Whole, like a, a string of unfinished projects. Uh, <laughs> you could kind of reach a compromise, though, right? Like if you said, "All right, you're the priest, but like you're you have a circuit that you got to hit, you know." And so, if you want to have that degree of movement, but you also want a player who has that like responsibility to something, maybe it's like, "All right, your circuit is like you're the wandering Lithandrite priest, and you've got to." make it to this village in time for this religious ceremony and make it to this shrine in time for this to honor this saint. And you're just, you know, the old priest who did this is man, disappeared. Maybe that's part of it, you know? Um, and so you can kind of like, you can combine the small sandbox with an excuse to travel with the, I'm a part of a larger organization that sometimes we ignore when we make clerics and DM for clerics. You know, we oftentimes just let them get away with being another type of mage and forget that they're clerics. They are part of a clergy, you know, that kind of thing. I do it all the time. Uh, and, and so you can like combine that and start building a, a world in which it, it matters that they're a cleric of a certain religion. They have responsibilities, but maybe that also comes with some like benefits or something. Maybe the shrines give them a bonus or extra spell slot when they're nearby or something like that. Yeah. Um, that'd be a cool bat. Yeah. That'd be a cool battle mm-hmm. um, modifier. You drop, especially if you're using minis, I imagine dropping this little, um, like an altar or a temple. And like, as long as you're within a certain amount of feet, yeah. uh, it gives you and your allies like some sort of a plus one to hit or something. It's like little things like that, especially if you have a group that's really all about, like excited about battle, mm-hmm. those kind of things gives it this cool little added effect. Because that, it's like, how often do the players get to defend a location? So like, mm-hmm. do you, you, because say, uh, Lathander has this rivalry with undead, then why aren't these little shrines, all, the, the, I would imagine these little shrines are the target for say medium and, and higher level undead who are like, yeah, this is a an offense to me. It's a source of resistance to, you know, a vampire's control over a region or, a, you know, white's ability to just terrorize the living by creating other zombies. Like, that might be, um, you know, a, a desecrated shrine might be uh, indicative of some larger problem uh, in the region. And then it kind of like snowballs and get yourself a campaign going. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of where I would go is like either play up the undead rivalry because I didn't make great opponents for, for D&D. But I might also play up the interfaith rivalries. And like, what if it was desecrated by some just hmm. rash hell knight you know, initiate or something, you know, or uh, one of the other uh, rivalries that say uh, Lathander has, where it's just kind of like, yeah, it's not undead that are after him. It's another church, another temple. Yeah. Man, we have introduced, I feel like, so <laughs> I know, many, right? like, my mind is really like running, like, and honestly, 
I did. I didn't think at the beginning of this episode I could say this, but I could really talk about Lathander all yeah. day and many ideas. But unfortunately, we don't have all day to talk. So let's move into our last shorter segment. Just homework. Do we have any recommendations for uh, if a listener wants more on Lathander, or uh, maybe it's not on Lathander, but it's good inspiration uh, for Lathander or changing up uh, Lathander to a different type of God of Beginnings. What do we have for our listeners that some things that they can go and check out? I know for myself, I'm a big fan of the Pillars of the Earth uh, TV mm. series. Uh, I think it's maybe on Stars. Or, Stars, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. and so it, it involves like the building of a cathedral, uh, shows you why, say, Masons were so important and, and vital. I think you could, that's, I, I, I'm really inspired by historical works, as you can probably tell. Um, and I would definitely, if I was going to feature something uh, you know, with Lathander or feature the themes of Lathander heavily, but probably do Pillars of the Earth because it sort of shows all of the intricacies and everything that goes on into building one of these major buildings and the politics around it. I really liked it. Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to throw my idea out there. And so it's a little bit of a side version. Uh, you know, and so it's, it is twisting Lathander in a little bit of a way, but I, I'm going to throw these two movies at you and I'm going to see how you guys respond. John Wick and Hotel Artemis. Haven't seen the second. Okay. Love the first. So John Wick, think about the Continental and viewing a Church of Lathander as that. So it's in all of the, it's going back on, I think Mitch, you had mentioned, you know, Lathander wanting to build churches in places that they shouldn't, but then, but then that's what it becomes. It becomes this safe haven, this sanctuary. You don't do business inside the church of Lathander. And that basically mm. hotel Artemis is totally that same thing, but mm. you know, that concept of like, that's what they are. And so they do build those social programs and they are like basically a safe haven where no one does those things. And those two movies will be when people don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well, I like that. Cause, cause there's a, like, are all new beginnings and new endeavors blessed by Lathander? Yeah. Because there's some shady stuff you might not want blessed. But the idea that people could have a new beginning and like maybe their ability to foster that through giving them a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the timeline of my world, there are gods that shift alignments because things happen. That to me sounds awesome. Like maybe Lathander starts as this idea that we're talking about. But yeah, then there's this darker... Something happens. It might not even be necessarily like a tragedy to Lathander, but it opens Lathander and his worshippers' minds more to, uh, yeah, like you said, Jim, all beginnings are blessed by Lathander, uh, even darker ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> darker beginnings. Hmm, there's some interesting wordplay right there. <laughs> yeah, you, you, there, you, there's there's themes of darkness in Lathander, I think. You know, there, where there's uh, light, there's shadow, all that kind of stuff. So you could definitely like use those sources of inspiration to twist the uh, the neutral goodness of the morning lord. So my piece of homework is I looked into the Roman god Janus, which is Janus is the god of both beginnings and of ends and the transition to them, which I was kind of thinking of with Lathander and I thought there was a cool opportunity there. Depictions of Janus show a two-headed God, one facing straight on, one facing behind for this idea of like beginning and end transition. I even saw one that I really liked where the first head was a young man and the second had big, long, old beard going to show like the passage of time. And I thought about that and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was another depiction of Lathander? which was the God of ends, or even, you know, if you're playing with a pantheon, create Lathander's brother or sister who is the God of ends. And you could have them be same type of alignment, or maybe they're the complete mirror opposite <sighs> of it. And I think there's this cool idea of a different version of Lathander or a sibling or something of Lathander. And I love also the idea of, Maybe that's the God that greets all Lathander worshipers at the end of their lives. And there's this conversation to be had of like, who are you? And you've known me all along. However, I'm more than you have thought. Yeah. And then you, you get like conflict with say Mirkul's followers because 
Miracle kind of has a bit of the I'm the god of endings, but it's like takes it to a weird place. And like you could, you know, no, you you've usurped this this secret god's power. I like that. The yeah. dark side of the sun. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now my brain's okay. on fire. All right. <laughs> I think that's our goal, but like sometimes it hurts. Our goal here at the Dungeon Master's Block is to literally set brains on fire. And now that we have done that to our own, hopefully we've done that for you. But before we go, Jim, where can people go on the internet to find you? So I, uh, you can find WebDM uh, on YouTube at YouTube slash WebDM, I think. I guess WebDM. We'll find us. Uh, we have a Twitch channel uh, where we play on Tuesdays and Thursday nights around like uh, 7 Eastern playing some Dungeons Dragons, and then on Sundays around 3 Eastern, playing some Cypher System, uh, 80s vampires. Uh, 80s cyberpunk vampires uh, is what they're playing, so it's pretty awesome. And then we're on a host of, of other places, mostly Encounter RP, but also Scraticus's uh, Academy over on Twitch. As for myself, if you want to just, like, at me, I'm on Twitter, at the real Jim Davis. so I love to talk about RPGs, D&D stuff, whatever. Hit me up there, and I'm happy to chat. Perfect. Well, yeah, thanks again, Jim, Fantastic. for coming on and helping set brains on fire. <laughs> but they've been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Well, welcome back to another mailbag of holding the place where we talk about stories, ideas, and questions from you, the listener. Today we have a question sent to our Facebook group, and this one comes from, wouldn't you know it, DM Mitchell. DM Mitchell writes in, tells us that he is a, as he describes himself, fresh DM. He's been DMing for about a year now with new players. And in the campaign that he's currently running, he's set them all up to be gladiators fighting in an arena. Now, the main question that DM Mitchell writes in to us about is based on looking forward at the end of the campaign and basically where the story is going. He says that he sees two options. The first is that the players all work towards gaining their freedom through fighting in battle in the arena and emerging victorious as the champions of the gladiator arena. The second option, he says this is the one that he's hoping that they will aim for, is that they try to escape the life of a gladiator. Try to get out, go on the run. DM Mitchell says that he sees some awesome role-playing opportunities, some storytelling opportunities, if they were to choose this option. And so the question that he has for us is, how do I make fighting for freedom in the arena a little less enticing? All right, so first of all, great question. Thanks for writing in, DM Mitchell. Love the name, by the way. I can totally relate to this, wanting a campaign to move in a certain direction because as a DM, I have all these amazing ideas and excitement around these ideas of what could happen if the players choose a certain thing. So first, let me tackle this by saying I think there are a lot of good ways that you can make fighting in the arena as a gladiator less enticing. And I think the biggest thing is having these players really dive in and try to really experience how that would be for their characters. For players sitting around a table, engaging in combat, fighting in an arena is awesome. For that character, it's not going to be quite as awesome. These characters are gladiators, not fighting in the arena because they want to, not fighting because they're being paid well to do so, but being made and forced to fight in the arena to risk life and limb every single day. Beyond that, they might have to fight warriors in the arena that they have trained with under a dominus and have become perhaps friends with or gained a respect for that person. And then when the thumb goes downwards and they have to kill in that final moment, that, I think, is a key moment to ask the question. And here's the thing. Asking the players questions, how does this make your character feel? Having to fight in this arena against your own will. 
spilling the blood of men and women that you have trained hard with. Asking questions like this is a great way to get especially new players to really think about what their character's reactions to the situations presented to them would be. The more that we as DMs help to create an atmosphere at our table where we are talking about the player characters and their feelings and emotions and morals of what's happening in the game, the more your players will have well-thought-out actions based off of the feelings, emotions, morals, reactions that they have to the situations that you are presenting. I hope that's helpful. I hope that can be something that both helps you in this campaign and in future campaigns. And the other thing that I would say is maybe your players just want to battle for glory in the arena. And I think that it is important as DMs, we all know players don't want to be railroaded. They want to have agency. They want to have choice with what their characters choose. So as a DM, I think this is a good time to reflect and say, am I okay if this is the option they choose? And maybe this will be a challenge for me if I think I have great ideas for the other option. Well, this is just a challenge for me as a DM to come up with great ideas for amazing stories and battles to happen if they choose to fight in the arena. And hey, maybe your players see a third option or a fourth option that you haven't even seen yet. That's the beauty of having players at your table. They always, always have amazing ideas that we haven't even touched upon. Just be open to those ideas. Be open to telling a story, not to your players, but with your players. So thanks so much, DM Mitchell, for writing in. We really appreciate it, and I hope that this answer has been helpful. So we want to thank Jim once again for coming on and talking about the god Lathander with us. What a great, great discussion. Neil, whenever we jump into these topics with, with gods or monsters, I'm always amazed at how much we can pull inspiration-wise from the lore that's there and kind of build on it. And I'm so excited now to introduce a god of beginnings to my own world. Yeah, that is that is always the part that blows me away. Of like, oh, okay, what all are we going to talk about? Like, as we're building the outline, what can we think? And then immediately when we're done, it's like, well, we could do a second part right away if we yeah. wanted to every single yeah. time. Three episode arc on Lathander. Yep. All right. Anyway, if you have used Lathander in your game or a similar god of beginnings or perhaps a god of ends, like we talked about in our meet, and you would like to tell us about it, where can they send us an email at, Neil? They can head over and send an email to dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And as always, if you like this episode or any of the others and see fit, head over to iTunes where you can leave a five-star review and we will read it on air. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can like our Facebook page. Both of those places are great places to go if you would like to keep up to date on things that are happening with this show or other Block Party Podcast Network shows. And today's Patreon shout-out goes to... Jin Pixelscapes! Yes, and Jin is a feared silver dragon and a good friend of the podcast that we have yeah. seen for so many years at a catacomb. So thank you, Jin. You should follow Jen on Twitter because she yes. posts some amazing, amazing art of D&D monsters, which can be printed out for use as tokens. Yeah. They're fantastic. And I have to say, I have to brag a little, Neil. I think you can brag this as well, that I have in my possession a beautiful, beautiful Flaming Skull artwork from her as a bookmark that I do cherish. Yes, and I absolutely love the time-lapse with videos. They are like, just draw me in. Lit did not mean that, dad jokes about. They literally <laughs> draw me in and I watch them over and over. So thanks so much, Jen, for your support. The Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows alike, Geek Wars, The GM Showcase, Detentions and Dragons, and more. 
As always, thanks for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the other people at the table. I'm DM Neil, good night and good luck. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch, reminding you all to keep on Dungeon Mastering. It's not wisdom and it's bad advice. If your players let you keep their character sheets, just change stuff on it. See if they notice. Goodbye.